Join me in prayer as we go into our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you again and thank you for your goodness and your happiness that only comes through your salvation. We say sorry for misinterpreting what goodness is and what happiness is uh, through this world. We ask for understanding as we uh, piece uh, the, 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 your parts together so that we can see the whole picture of what that means. Uh, once again, we ask for attention as we go into this, this moment so that we can truly learn what you have for us today so that then we can uh, be a bigger uh, target of what that goodness and happiness is through your Son, Jesus Christ. And may we always uh, be reminded that our responsibility is to serve that purpose and to be fulfilled through its mission. And we do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. You may be seated. I have a treat for you today. That treat is, you don't have to listen to me preach. <laughs> uh, and John is going to come come up. He's right here. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the message today. Uh, he asked me to come up and uh, read his bio. So we're going to be up here for an hour <laughs> to see how wonderful this gentleman is. But I think you all know, so I don't have to introduce him. But before I do, uh, I was asked to uh, just throw a couple of uh, reminders out there. First and foremost, tomorrow night uh, at the Elevating Life Church Complex, there uh, downtown, we have our monthly orientation meeting. Uh, that's going to be happening at 6 o'clock at the complex. And this is a moment that uh, you get to come in. We have some snacks and drinks and uh, we connect intimately in the sense of uh, question and answer, learning more about Elevating Life Church because we want to make sure that uh, this church, uh, we want you to uh, investigate, we want you to analyze, we want you to discern it because once you say yes to Elevating Life Church, and I think many will say amen to amen. this very loudly, uh, we take that as a serious commitment, engagement, and actually a marriage. And we don't believe in divorce, so once you say amen to, to this relationship, uh, we hold you accountable, but we also don't expect you to run to Las Vegas and marry us either. So we want to be responsible with that. And so that's what that moment is all about tomorrow night. We call it the ELC orientation moment, and you get to spend some time uh, with me. I answer three questions. Number one is, is there something worth truly throwing your entire life, being devoted to it and worshiping with all of your life? Number two, where did God come from? I answer that question there, and it's a very interesting discussion. And then, of course, coming back around, how do I turn that dream of happiness and goodness in Christ into reality? So three questions I'll help you with at that meeting. So again, put that on your calendar. Uh, we'll be there, and we're looking forward to that. That's one thing that I have. A second thing to announce, Gary, was that it? Fill out your cards, right? Yeah, <laughs> the card, the green card. So with those couple of reminders, John, please uh, bless us. I, I'm looking forward to what you have. And again, let me personally thank you, my lead friend, my lead pastor. Uh, appreciate it because when, when I'm absent, they step in. I'm, I'm not absent. I, am, I didn't go on the mind eraser, so I'm still here. I'm like, Harry. So with that, it's yours, brother. Thank you. Here, would you like your phone? Well, thank you, Drake. I appreciate that very much. Now if I can get my tablet to open up. Oh, there it is. Good. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? There you go. What a beautiful morning it is, huh? 
How many of you love fall? Yeah. Yeah, I love fall too. Just keep that pumpkin spice stuff out of here. That's not even real stuff. That's that's just gross. Anyway. No, it's the fall birds are out and they're singing. You know, there's spring birds and then there's fall birds and, and they have a different sound to them and, and uh, harboring in that, uh, that autumn, uh, letting us know it's coming. There's a crispness in the air in the mornings uh, that we haven't felt for a little while with autumn arriving. Uh, there's this big ball of light in the sky called the sun, S-U-N, um, that we enjoy and appreciate. But today, I want to talk to you about a better source of light, real light, that comes from the Son, S-O-N, the Son of God. So, Now, Drake introduced me. For those of you that are still wondering, my name is John Waters. I'm lead pastor uh, here at the church. Drake is our senior pastor, I'm the lead pastor, and then we have Matt, who's our executive pastor. I don't know what any of those titles mean, I just know that that's what it is. I just show up and do what I'm supposed to, do what I'm told. So, uh, But uh, it is absolutely my pleasure, Pastor Drake and Sherry, along with some others, went on a trip to Elitch Gardens yesterday. Drake and Sherry were also at a thing called The Gathering up in the mountains, that's uh, the Rocky Mountain Association of American Baptist Churches, of which we're a part, holds this annual gathering uh, where they bring everybody together and, and learn and grow and connect and relationship and such. And so Drake asked me a while back, he said, would you be willing to come up here and, and do the message today since he was going to be gone and wouldn't have time uh, really to focus in on presenting a good message and uh, I said, nope, you're on your own, buddy. But then he convinced me. No, I. it is absolutely my blessing and my honor to be able to come up here and do this and uh, to give to you what the Holy Spirit has given to me. Okay, So I want you to know that the words I speak today come from the Holy Spirit. I'm not presenting, John's not presenting a message. The Holy Spirit is. I just get to be the mouthpiece. And it's a blessing. All right. So how many of you love a bright, sunshiny day? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Days when it's warm out without being overly hot, just nice and comfortable. Days when the, warm, uh, the sun warms the skin and, and lights up the world around us so we can see the beauty of creation, uh, experience all of that beauty that God has given us and created for us to enjoy in creation. Uh, what an amazing thing. And then night comes, darkness sets in, and um, we're not able to see that beauty in the darkness, but here's the cool thing. We know that that beauty has not disappeared, right? It's still there. We just can't see it because the light is no longer there. It's dark. It's hidden in the darkness. So because there is no light, we're no longer able to see and experience it like we do during the daytime. And really, that's a pretty accurate description of what happens many times in the lives of Christians. And that's who I'm speaking to today. Here, I want to speak to you as Christians. If you uh, believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. That's pretty much everybody, right? For whatever reason, darkness can set in. And we, 
at those times we begin to wonder, is God even here? Does God even care? Is God real? We can even ask those questions sometimes when it gets dark. But just like that scenario I described with the sun going down and the darkness setting in, God hasn't gone anywhere. We just can't see him right now because we're groping around in the darkness rather than living in his light where we can easily see and experience his goodness. But why? Why does that happen? Why would a Christian a follower of Jesus Christ, someone who professes to love and serve Jesus, why would that person end up living in darkness? Well, I hope maybe I can help answer that question today. And more importantly, if that's you right now, if you're struggling, if you're in darkness in your walk right now, maybe, just maybe, I can help you come back to delighting in the day. And that's the title of the message, Delighting in the Day. So with all that in place, I want to look at our core passage this morning. Uh, We're going to be in the New Testament, in the first letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, or Thessalonica, some people say it differently. Um, Paul had established this church during his first missionary journey and really loved these people. But this was also a time and a place for Paul where he encountered some of the greatest resistance of any place that he traveled during his missionary journeys. There were many, many people coming up against him and trying to plant false beliefs in the people's minds. But even through the many trials and tribulations, these believers in the church there in Thessalonica They remained faithful. However, with all those opposing forces battling for their very souls, Paul felt the need to write them on a couple of different occasions just to remind them of who they were in Christ and to not allow liars and thieves to undermine their trust in Jesus. So our passage today comes from chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. And... uh, Look at uh, with me here, we'll have it up on the screen, uh, the passage beginning with verse 4 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul says, but you, brothers and sisters, now he says brothers and sisters, so we know he's talking to the believers in the church there. Brothers and sisters. He says, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Let me stop there for a second just to set a little um, context. There had been people coming into the church there and telling these believers that they had already missed the second coming, that Jesus had already come and they missed it. Sorry, so sad, you missed it. And this word got back to Paul, and Paul's like, oh, no, 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 i got to straighten this out right away. So that's why he wrote this in this letter. He says, but you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that this day when Christ comes again should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. 
We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, be awake, be, be present, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Powerful words from the Apostle Paul. A great reminder for us as believers in Jesus Christ and also a great introduction to those who do not know Jesus Christ. So to begin this journey, I want to try to answer the first part of that question that I posed earlier. Why would a Christian, anyone who again professes to love and serve Jesus Christ, end up living in spiritual darkness? There can be a number of different reasons why someone might feel spiritually dark. There's depression, there's sadness, maybe loneliness, relationship breakups, death of family or friends, job loss, financial setbacks. There can be any number of circumstances that can actually cause a Christian to feel like they're in the dark. Times when we ask, God, where are you? Where are you? Do you even care? And someone asked me the other day, said, John, I, I um, feel like God's not even there. Just exactly what this is. And this person said, but my concern is, if I say that, if I start questioning God, where are you? That's a sin, isn't it? Well, let me go to the Bible for the answer. How many of you are familiar with King David in the Old Testament? Do you remember how God referred to David? Man after my own heart. Yeah, that's how God referred to David. King David asked those exact same questions on numerous occasions. You don't have to read very far in the Psalms to hear David questioning, God, are you even here? Do you care? Where are you? Why have you turned your back on me? Let me give you an example. The very first verse of Psalm 10. King David says, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? You think David felt alone? You think David was in some darkness, spiritually speaking? Doesn't that sound like someone experiencing that spiritual darkness? And do you know who else experienced spiritual darkness? A character in the Bible you might have heard of, his name is Jesus. Do you remember Jesus hanging on the cross? And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What was he saying? God, where are you? Where are you? I can't see you or feel you anymore. Where are you? So where was God during these times? Where is God 
when you're in the darkness. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to look at verses 11 through 14. We're going to go through a lot of scripture today, people. I believe we ought to let the Bible speak for itself. And uh, so we're going to do that today. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, says the, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity or that darkness. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Now from this passage, sounds to me like God is there the whole time, right? Can we, can we get, extrapolate that out of this? But if that's so, God, if that's so, you're here all the time. Why can't I feel you? I don't sense you here at all. I don't sense you in these dark times. Why? Why do I feel like I'm all by myself? Have you been there? Have you been there? Why do I feel like I'm all by myself? Why do I feel like I have to figure this whole thing out on my own? Why, God? Why? Well, let me tell you, folks, those are very legitimate questions. Very legitimate. Has anyone here ever gone through any pilot training? Drake, you went through some stuff I know with in the military. Um, I read a story one time about this guy who, he flew combat choppers in Vietnam. And um, he was radioed to a secret mission one night which required him to fly in total darkness. There was no light whatsoever. He was flying totally by instruments. He was putting his faith and trust in the instruments to tell him where he was. And hovering above a jungle under heavy cloud cover, he said in this article that I read that it seemed like you could cut the darkness with a knife. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place that's so dark that you can't even see your hand in front of your face? It's almost like you could cut it with a knife. It's so thick. Yeah. But he had total faith in the instruments in his chopper to guide him into the right place. And he radioed to his man on the ground and he said, what can you give me? I can't see a thing. And the guy said, I don't have a flashlight. I, I don't know what to do. And this landing that this chopper pilot had to make had to be so precise. It was the proverbial postage stamp in the middle of this jungle, he had just this tiny little clearing that he had to set down in. That would be hard enough if you could see it. But he's flying in total darkness. And an error of five feet one way or another would probably result in death. And so finally the man on the ground said, wait a minute, I have a Zippo lighter. And the chopper pilot said, light that thing up and hold it up as high as you can get it. Light it up. So in the middle of this little clearing in the jungles of Southeast Asia, on this top secret warfare mission, 
this combat chopper pilot landed by the light of a Zippo lighter that pierced the darkness. He had complete faith in that light to land where he needed to land. Now with all that being said, folks, I want you to know that I have some good news for you today. I have a Zippo lighter in your darkness. I have an answer for you about how to come out of that darkness and back into delighting in the day. And you know what? It's a deceptively simple one-word answer. And it's not Jesus, but I'm going to ask you. Does anybody know what that one word is? Anybody want to take a guess? It's not Jesus, however, you'll understand. Faith. That's it. Faith is that one-word answer. All right, so here's a little quiz. A little math quiz for you. We have an equation that we use here at Elevating Life Church. We call it the faith equation. Anybody remember what that equation is? Belief plus action equals faith. Belief plus action equals faith. So let's break that down and see if faith is truly the answer to the darkness that we can enter into in our lives. So the first part of that equation is what? Belief. Let's check that out. Belief in what? Oh, okay, hold on. We got we to gotta bring this home a little bit. Belief in what? Is it belief that, hey, you know, I'm John, I'm pretty special, so things are just going to work out to my benefit no matter what, because I'm me. Or maybe it's belief that uh, I never have to face anything bad because I'm a Christian. They told me when I become a Christian, all the bad stuff disappears and I never have to go through anything ever again. Is that our belief? Or maybe the belief is, you know, if I just do what mom and dad tell me or grandma and grandpa, uh, everything's going to be perfectly fine because they know it all. Right? Or maybe it's belief that if I just do what the school teachers say, or my favorite celebrity on TV, then it's all going to be good. Or maybe, maybe that belief is that if I just vote for the right red or blue candidate, it's all going to be peachy cream. Not going to have any more problems. No, what is it that I must believe in order to have the kind of faith that will truly help me out of the darkness? Out of that darkness. Well, of course, we know the answer to that question, don't we? We have to have belief in God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one, the Trinity. So, the personal reflection question that I have to ask myself, and you have to ask yourself is, do I really believe? Do I really believe? I'm guessing most of you are familiar with John 3.16. So we're going to put it up on the screen. And I'm going to ask you all to say it with me. All right? So nice and loud, proud. Let it go here. All right, here we go. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in Him. What do you believe today? What do you believe? Do you believe that the answer is God? Or do you believe that you can come up with the answer and if all else fails, then we'll go to God and say, hey, uh, God, uh, can you help me out? This is the very first thing that you have to get settled in your mind and your heart this morning. Where do you believe? Who do you believe? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that by believing completely and totally in Him, that you are then destined for everlasting life? Because if you're not sure that you believe that, let me, get, let me tell you something. You have no chance of escaping the darkness. Zero. There's no door out of that darkness except for Jesus Christ. The light. How do you end darkness? By turning on the light. The light of Jesus Christ. So later on, I'm going to warn you right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that belief solid in your mind and in your heart. I'm going to give you an opportunity here in a little while to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Or maybe it's a recommitment to Jesus. To be the light. So there's the first part of our faith formula belief. So let's look at the second part, which is what? Action. Action. As Pastor Drake likes to say, and I agree 100% with this, half of faith is no faith at all. Half of faith is no faith at all. You just believe, but you don't do anything with it. Do you really believe? In fact, let's look at James chapter 2, verse 19. James, I love the book of James. James, uh, if you know temperament psychology, same temperament that I am, and uh, just pretty straightforward on things, and uh, doesn't mince any words. And he says, you believe that there's one God? There's belief. You believe that there's one God? Good. Guess what? Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. And guess what? They're still going to hell. They believe. Okay, you believe in God? Great! But you're only halfway there. And halfway there is not all the way. Even the demons of hell believe in God, but they're still doomed to eternal darkness. So just believing is only half of that faith formula. We have to put our faith into action. So we're going to stay here in James chapter 2, but I want to back up a little bit to kind of get some context here. We're going to start at verse 14. James, still talking here, same section. He says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? In other words, you're not putting any action to what you say you believe. What good is it? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. They're hurting. They're hurting big time. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed. Boy, that sounds religious, doesn't it? 
but does nothing at all about their physical needs, does, do, does nothing, puts no action toward helping them. What good is it? In the same way, James says, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is what? Let's say it nice and loud. Is what? Dead. Faith, if it does not have action with it, is dead. It means nothing. Got to open my... uh... But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. I'm going to work my way to God. He's going to be happy with me. James says, hey, how about this? Show me your faith without deeds. Show me how you're working it out. Show me how you're living out your faith. And I, on the other hand, will show you my faith by what I do. I'm not working my way to God. I'm not earning my position because of what I do. I'm doing because God gave me the position as a child of His. Now I want to work it out. And then He says, you believe that there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that. And they tremble. They shudder. And they'll live forever in eternal darkness. Folks, in order to escape spiritual darkness, there's two things we have to do. We have to believe and we have to do. Act. Both. Can't be one or the other. Has to be both. But John, I'm kind of scared. I'm afraid. I'm fearful. Do you know where fear lives? In the darkness. You don't want to be scared? Faith brings you into the light. Belief plus action. I want to try a little experiment with you guys today. Would you work with me on this? I need everybody, okay? So I'm going to say right now, if you wear glasses, I'm going to need you to take them off. Lay them on the chair beside you, okay? I'm going to leave mine on, otherwise I can't see my notes. All right. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'm going to ask you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as tight as you can and to take your hand and put it up over your eyes so you block out every bit of light that there is so that you can see no light whatsoever. Okay? So go ahead and do that. All right? Everybody got it? So let me ask you a question right now. Still doing that. Don't don't stop. Is anybody out there scared right now because there's no light? Why not? You're in total darkness. Is it because even though you're in total darkness right now, you can hear my voice, and so you know that I'm still here right by you, right? Go ahead and take your uh, hands off your eyes. You have faith that I'm still here because you're experiencing me. You can hear my voice. You're listening for it. You trust that even though you couldn't see me, I was still right here with you. So let's talk about that experience just a little bit. You all did just exactly what I've been talking about here today. While you were in the darkness where you could not see at all, you still believed that I was right here with you. There's half the formula. 
you believed, and then you took the action of listening for my voice, seeking it out, and then opening your eyes. Belief plus action. You stepped out of the darkness into the light. Always remember that no matter how dark life may seem, people, God is always right there. Take your, when you take your hand away from your face and you open your eyes, you see the light of His goodness. As we wrap up today, I want to look at one of the most familiar passages in the Bible, the 23rd Psalm. Everybody's pretty familiar with this one. It's uh, the New King James Version. I like this version uh, for some of these classic passages uh, because it keeps true to what we've been taught without all the these and thous and all that kind of stuff. So Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, he provides for me. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me to places where I'm comfortable and I, and I can drink. And he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Stay right there, Heather. Don't change it yet. Right here in these first three verses, we're living in the light. Everything's good. I've got what I need. I can feel God right there beside me. I know that He's taking care of me. He's making sure I have my daily provisions that I need. I'm comfortable. I'm relaxed. Everything is good, right? Let's go on to verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is darkness. What he's saying here is, even when I am in those dark times, even when it's so dark, you could cut it with a knife. Even when I'm so dark spiritually that I'm asking the question, God, where are you? Are you still here? He says this, I will fear no evil. I will not fear that darkness. Why? Because God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. I can't see them. I can't feel you. I, but I know you're here. I trust that you're here. I believe that you're here. And I'm putting action to it by saying, no, darkness, you will not overcome me. I believe that God is beside me. Let's go on. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Who's our enemy? Satan. The devil. And he's saying, God, I know you're taking care of me no matter what the devil may throw at me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And then I love this. Ooh, hang on to this. In those dark times, remember this verse right here. Surely, 
goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. How often? All the days of my life. Even those days when I feel really dark. Even those days when sadness or depression or breakups or whatever it is may be overcoming, may really be hitting me hard. Those days when Satan is throwing every dart at me he's got and he's just pelting me with those things. I know that your goodness and mercy are there all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah! Amen? Oh my goodness. I said earlier that I'm going to give you an opportunity here today to make sure you have the first part of that faith formula in place. Because if you don't have belief in Jesus Christ in place, all the action in the world is not going to get you out of the darkness. You're just going to be walking in circles. But if you have that belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, know that He is the only way to eternal life and light. So if you haven't trusted in Jesus at all yet, and I'm talking to anybody in the room here, talking to anybody on Facebook right now, if you have not trusted in Jesus and committed to following Him, I have a question. Why wait any longer? Why continue to live in darkness when someone is lighting up the Zippo lighter right now and saying, come on, land right here. It's safe. This is the place. I'm lighting up a Zippo lighter. No, I'm lighting up the Jesus lighter right now. This is your landing spot. So why wait any longer? Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Folks, your sin separates you from God. Just going to put that right out there. And it's only God's grace that will get you back into a right relationship with Him. The Bible says in Ephesians, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. What's faith? Belief plus action. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So, if you are ready to make peace with your Creator, then I'm going to give you a prayer to say silently in your seat, in your heart. If you're ready, maybe you are a believer in Jesus Christ, but you know that you've not been walking in the light. You've been in the darkness because you're choosing to do it your own way instead of His way. You see, your way, there's no batteries in the flashlight. You want the flashlight that lights up. The battery is named Jesus. Let's put that battery in the flashlight, shall we? So if you're a Christian, but you've been walking in darkness, I'm going to give you this opportunity to recommit and start again. Because guess what? God says, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. Just start again. Let's move forward. No judgment. Let's just move forward. So I'm going to say this prayer. I'd like you to close your eyes. And um, if it's the first time you've prayed this well, we'll talk about that. So here we go. We're going to pray. Dear Jesus, 
I don't want my sin to separate me from you any longer. And you've promised that if I just believe in you, that everything I've ever done wrong will be forgiven, that I'll learn the purpose of my life, and that you'll accept me into your eternal home in heaven one day. So I confess my sin right now. I believe you are my Savior and that you're the only way to eternal life. Jesus, I trust you when you say my salvation comes by grace, through faith, and not by anything I do. So I, through faith, receive you into my life as my Lord. Today, I'm turning over every part of my life to your management. I want to live the way you created me to live and use the rest of my life to serve you instead of serving myself. I commit my life to you, Jesus, and I ask you to save me and accept me into your family. And it's in your name that I ask it, the name that has all the power. Amen. Now, first of all, if you just prayed that and it's the first time and you truly believe it, then let me be the first to say, Welcome to the family of God. You are brand new. You've been recreated in His image. Please make sure that if you did that today, that you fill out one of those green cards and mark on there that you made that decision today. And I don't want you to put it in the box on the wall. I want you to come up to either Drake or myself or Pastor Matt. He's back there in the back hand it to us because we want to make sure we begin to put things in place to help you on this journey. You're not by yourself. We will walk through that valley of the shadow of death with you and show you the way out. So make sure you fill out that green card. If you recommitted today, do the same thing, please. Please fill out that card. I don't care if you filled it out 17 times already. Do it again and put on there that you have recommitted your life to Jesus. And make sure we get that. So that we can get things in place for you. That's the first action that you need to take with this new belief. Hey, that kind of comes out to faith, right? You believe Jesus and you take the action of saying, Pastor, here, I made this decision today. I need your help. There's faith, belief, and action. It's the beginning of delighting in the day. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that we can come to you today, no matter where we are, no matter what situation we may be in, no matter how much in the dark we may be, I thank you that you are the light and that you promise, you promise us that you will light our path. You are always there, even when we can't see or feel you. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to the cross to die in our place, even though it meant separation from you. 
Now, Father, we know that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life, no matter what. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.